Greetings. Hello. This is John Schneider from Gobbler Country, and this is Talking Turkey. This is our prep for the Duke game, and Brian Manning, my co-host, is here this evening, kind of feeling a little under the weather, so hopefully he sounds better than uh, than than he thinks he does. Uh, hey, he's John, fighting. how's it going? I'll, I'll survive, I think. Okay. Uh it's been a it's been an interesting week and a half. There's been a lot of stuff going on back and forth. We've seen a lot of changes happening in the program. We've even seen some minor changes happening in the program. At the, in the athletic director's office, some deck chairs are shuffling and some people leaving. So I think this transition is going to continue. I think we're still in a transition year, and what we got to transition to right now is. Friday night is probably the biggest game of the season, and I don't really want to play down that it really is. As we stand going into the last week of September, it absolutely is the biggest game. Hokies can ill afford to drop to 0-2 in the ACC. Can can ill afford losing a home game against a beatable team. So this is a this is a big game. The upshot of this one is you have two teams who are in very similar conditions. Although we're sort of on the up, believe it or not, people don't think so, but we are. We're on an uptick, and Duke is really sort of on a downtick. They're like we were last year. They lost a lot of critical people last uh, over over the last season, and they've come back with a very young team that's you know kind of in their mid recruiting cycle. And the the one thing we always know about Duke is they're probably the best coach team in the ACC. That never changes with with head coach David Cutcliffe. No, Cutcliffe is always scary. Cutcliffe is probably, okay, for a a non-contending school, Cutcliffe is probably one of the best quality coaches out there. Absolutely. He's He's a true tactician. He knows the game in and out. If he chose to actually go to a bigger football school, I have no doubt he could coach top 10 teams. Oh, he could. It, 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 um, I could see an LSU reaching out and grabbing him. I could see Auburn reaching out and grabbing him. Of course, he was an assistant at Old Miss. But the issue is, is that, that this guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to put together a game plan, and he knows how to take advantage of what he has. He doesn't try to fit what he has into what he wants. He takes what he has and makes it work. And he has the endorsement of Archie Manning, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning. Uh, those are pretty, some pretty good endorsements. Yeah, that is completely true. So what are we up against as far as Duke goes? Guys, we're up against our worst nightmare, and that is? A mobile quarterback. Big, strong, rushing quarterback. Quentin Harris is their, actually their team leader on the, on the ground with 203 yards in three games. He's got six, 679 yards in the air. And you take into account, I mean, you take into account the sacks decreases uh, rushing yards in college football. So he's probably has a lot more yards than that. So, and he's also not to get lost in how great of an athlete he is averaging six yards a carry. He had a long run of 65 yards, but he's also completing 72 and a half percent of his passes. Yeah. He's got a 159. What one fifty nine point eight quarterback rating? He's he has an eight to two touchdown to interception ratio. So this is a this is a formidable 
formidable quarterback the Hokies are facing. Now, something to give you a little background on Duke this year. They Everyone's going to remember who they opened the season with when they opened the season against Alabama. No one expected them to compete. What They lost 42-3. to That would have happened to anybody in the ACC outside of Clemson. Their last two games they've won against this sounds a little bit like the Hokie schedule, North Carolina A&T and Middle Tennessee State. So a lot of similarities between these two teams. Both had off last week. A lot of things. Yeah, that's there. the rest on both sides. A lot of people, I think I heard several people commenting, well, we have, we're on a bye week, and I had to return to them. Yeah, well, they were on a bye week too. Yes, they were. Yeah, and sometimes I'm not a big fan of bye weeks. Honestly, sometimes they break some – you know, you get momentum going and they break momentum. We bit a huge chunk out of our momentum last year with the accidental bye week of the hurricane. So sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. In this case for the Hokies, I think that this bye week probably is going to be a, a help more than a hurt. What did uh, Fuente say in the presser after the uh, Furman game? He said he was glad they... You and I talked about it at the time. We thought it was a little bit alarming. A coach was saying he was glad they didn't play next week. I think with him, I think it was more of a, the past week and a half has been more about getting back to the basics, doing the small things. And hopefully this week we see the debut of Damon Hazelton. Yeah, and, and, and I think that was also a source of that, and a lot of people didn't catch on. We had five major injuries, so we had five players, five starting five number ones in the depth chart who weren't starting. Could be the return also of Taiwan Garbett, the the defensive sophomore defensive end who we all had kind of high hopes for coming into the season. Yeah, and and evidently that was a real frustrating injury. I don't they aren't specific about it. They just said that it was a really frustrating time and uh and he I guess the rehab was a little bit uh a little bit difficult. So so, of course, a lot of these athletes, the rehab, some of it is they've got to sit down and do nothing. And a lot of these kids don't sit down and do nothing very well. Yeah, it'll be nice to get him him back out there because he's still unproven. We really don't know what we have there. But it did it did also did allow other players like Eli Adams, Javon Becton to get more time. So I think that was beneficial. And we, we've raved about Adams over the past couple of weeks. I think that that he'll find himself into the starting lineup later in the season, regardless yeah. of whether he'll hurt or not. I think we were doing, okay, this is an advantageous injury timeout for certain people. And that was these other players got a chance to get quality snaps and actually have to perform under pressure. It wasn't like garbage time. They were on the field. And this wasn't garbage time. They were it had to count. So they gotten those butterflies shaken out. So now we have that we we weren't sure of our depth before. Now we have it's okay, we won't call it depth, but at least it's not a parking lot puddle on a on a, a hot sunny day, you know. We actually have some some experience, a little experience, some snaps, some game time, some meaningful game time across the the front four for two deep. Well, let's say one and a half deep, but but we're in much better shape going into Duke than we were going into the beginning of the season. I noticed that this week I was uh, doing some browsing on some of the Hokies, and I know Narelle Pollard and, and Mario Kendricks to two true freshman defensive tackles who 
we also had high hopes for, but we were hoping maybe they would get the red shirt this year, but the lack of depth at the position didn't allow that. They've gotten some high marks across from Pro Football Focus, who, which I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding the metrics they use sometimes, but not so much with defensive linemen. I think it's more of a coverage thing because I don't they, they don't always understand who's responsible for coverage and they assess the wrong grades, but they gave them those two guys high marks, which I found encouraging and something I've noticed when they've played. Well, we'll talk about the next part of what we're gonna have to review in this for the for for Duke itself and what how we match up after the break, and that's gonna be the defensive secondary because like we said before, Quentin Harris can not only run, Quentin Harris can pass. So we'll be back after these messages. And we're back. Hey, Brian. Yes, sir. We're talking about the balance of, and what we think is going to be the, the the real challenge. And we left it with a teaser. I think the defensive secondary and the linebackers, I, I include the linebackers in this because I think the linebacking core, and I think this is going to have to be a whip offense, a defense instead of a instead of a, you know two rovers they're going to have to put a whip and a rover in um be, they're going to need both guys on the field because somehow or a, another they got to stop a, yeah sort of a spy type of situation yeah they've got to stop the running quarterback or he's going to kill us yeah run, running quarterback just as, as we all know changes everything then it, you, you may have good coverage and then once once the guy starts to break loose you, the defensive backs let get loose on the coverage then quarterback starts to run towards the line of scrimmage he flings it over he goes over top of the coverage because the guys have left their man because they've covered so long or he just everyone leaves their assignments when a guy can run and it's it and it's been an issue that we've covered ad nauseum for a long time here against coach foster so yeah i i think we're gonna see if if they're, they're gonna pull this off we're going to need to see a lot of 22 on the field. He's going yeah. to have to, he's going to be challenged. He's going to, he's going to be probably, of course, you know, Dax and, and Ray Shard are, are going to, are, are going to have to step up big time, but, but there is a new guy on the field, Jamari Connor. This is going to be a game that's going to, if he can do this is going to make him, it's going to make him solid. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I've been a big I've been a big fan of his and it's been three games and we don't give out MVPs after three games, but if you're asking me after three games who the two most impressive guys are on the defense, I'm gonna say Rayshard Ashby and Shamari Connor. Yeah, now one thing we do have to look forward to about Duke is other than Quentin Harris, their offense is not roaringly amazing. They Deion Jackson is their best back. And Mateo Durant is following him. Jackson has a total of 177 yards. It's just under four yards a carry. And now he does have one touchdown. I mean, but they are not as big a part of the game. It reminds me a whole lot of the 2016 Hokies. The way these stats are laying out remind me a, a, a tremendous amount about the Gerard Evans one-year post-Beamer Hokies 2016. Oh, you know where they had like three dominant receivers? And yeah, no three dominant game. receivers, yeah. no dominant running back other than Rodgers, who more played H-back than fullback, and, uh, of course, Evans. 
Yeah, you speak of Duke's receivers, they've got um, Jalen Calhoun, Aaron Young, and Noah Gray. Noah Gray's a tight end, but they've combined for 41 catches this season and five touchdowns, so they are a major. Yeah, Young and Calhoun seem to be their touchdown guys. So that's going to be coverage. It's going to be a real coverage issue. The the one thing I did want to cover before we get to the halfway point and give you a little recruiting break here, the one thing I did want to cover is our running back situation. Last week, we sort of find, found out via Twitter and background that ugly leg roll and ankle roll up on Keyshawn King was exactly ugly, and it did hurt him a lot. He needed this week and almost two weeks off. Evidently, that was not a good situation for a while. Yeah, thankfully, we did have that week off, and he can get back out there this week because because the Hokies definitely need Keyshawn King. He's by far the biggest impact back they have, and he's he took over that last game. Well, he also the one thing he does, even if he doesn't do a lot of running, and like I said, I I'm still the old man in me, the sixty year old dad of of, of formerly teenagers and and everything, and played football. I get grit, my teeth grind when, when I've got a running back that weighs less than two hundred pounds and is as lightly sprung as he is. And believe me, I've stood right next to him on the sideline while his leg is being massaged, he is not a big kid. He is not a big kid at all. He is he is pretty slight. And and I, I tell you what, he's got some guts to go out there on the football field and buckle up and take off with the ball. And he's not he doesn't look he's like he's built for it. And he's taking some hits. So I'm hoping that when he goes in, his presence helps loosen things up enough that then McLeese gets a chance to actually start running the same sorts of plays. And we all know McLeese is much better on the edges than he is up the middle. He just is. There's just nothing around. Now, he's not as fast as King is, but he's much better off the edges than he is up the middle. And I just like to like go to the playbook, and every single run up the middle, I'd like to put a big red X in the middle of it for Cornelson and say, if you dare do this, I'm going to lock you in a closet and have the game called by by an Xbox. I'm going to have Madden calling the game. Now I know we got we can expect Willis that will start this week. Whatever you know, whether it was an injury or benching, whatever we Fuente never really says, but he will be the starter this weekend. But I think I don't think his leash is going to be as long moving forward as it was early. So something to watch. Yeah, uh, now now the one thing that, that, that Willis would benefit from is something that they haven't been willing to do, and that's get up underneath the zone and get at least two clear, decent routes in the 8 to 12-yard range. If they can get that, Willis's gold, if you notice, even in the Furman game, and I was going through the pictures, those sorts of routes, those dig-ins, dig-outs, the tight end, you know, the tight end drags, the slot drags, the stuff coming across the middle uh, or, you know, just out on the edges, but short of, of 12 yards. Willis is really good with, and he's really reading them well. It's well, the have, downfield stuff he's not reading. Well, you have James Mitchell and you have Dalton King. Let's get him more, Dalton King, let's get him more involved. They're, they're outstanding. Yeah, both of them are really good hands and they both can run. And no more of these Dalton Keene, just because that Dalton Keene screen, uh, you know, the the reverse roll screen 
worked once doesn't mean it's going to keep working because every time somebody sees it now, they doped it out. They need to do something else. Well, that's the that's kind of our running situation and our short passing situation. You did have a couple before we get to predictions. You did have a couple of recruiting items you wanted to bring up. Yeah, let's let's keep, stay with the football theme real quick. As you know, the Hokies are off last week, so that allowed Justin Fuente and Zone Burden to go to the seven five seven, which we've harped on. They need to recruit better, regardless of the conditions, whatever. There, they need to recruit better. They need to find a way to make things happen. Well, Fuente was there to see Keandre Lambert, a four star wide receiver, who's their top prospect, who's also a cousin of Cam Chancellor. Lambert is choosing is planning to choose between the Hokies, Penn State, North Carolina. And Clemson are some of the schools that he's the most interested in. Well, a big thing happened over the weekend when Lamarian James, who's also from the area, was a three-star prospect who committed to North Carolina, backed out of his pledge with North Carolina. There's now rumors going around from people I've talked to that they could be a package deal for the Hokies. Now, this would be huge news if the Hokies could get these two guys because they also have pull in that area and that could bring other guys in the mix too. So th- I think this is pretty exciting news. Obviously it's not a done deal or anything, or if it is, we wouldn't know, but hopefully we'll have some good news on that. Lambert is having his official visit this weekend and the Hokies are his last official visit before he decides in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I know that's the last thing I'm going to do with the Duke game. What a nutty night to have a prime recruiting game. Well, speaking of Duke, I got one more little recruiting nugget here, and, and I'm sure some Hokie fans may know this, but Friday is a big day and on the basketball court, too, because the, the top guy in Virginia, um, Henry Coleman, whose dad played here in the 90s, and his mom also was an athlete at UVA also, he's choosing between the Hokies and Duke. And anytime you would imagine the Hokies going up against Duke in basketball, as far as for a recruit, you don't think there's a chance. There's a real good chance that this works out for the good guys. Well, it sure would be nice news for Young and for the future of the team and sustaining the, the good news that we've had lately. He's put, he's put together an outstanding class already, and, and he could have three more Coleman and possibly two more four-star recruits join the class next year. And, and they're big guys, too. A couple of them are big guys. One seven-footer from Iowa, Xavier Foster's also – Somebody inside. Oh my God! Somebody he inside. He four and play in the post. So it's uh, we'll keep our finger. We'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. And let you know how that goes. But hopefully, works out for the good guys. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice to have some stuff to report for the for when basketball season trips off, um, and and just pick up where we left off last year, right? That's right. Well, now for the down and dirty. Everybody's gonna have to put this on the line. The last thing we're going to do before we sign out for this evening is take a wag. And I know where some fans are coming down on what they think are the realities. I'm hearing a 50-50 split between Duke and VT right now, which doesn't surprise me at all. I don't see this as being any sort of runaway. If Tech wins this, I think it's going to be – I think the wise guys might actually be right on this particular game, as bad off as they were before, and and they were way off the last couple of times. This this point spread has dropped to like five the last time I checked. Yeah, from from my prediction, you said it was going to be close. I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to be a one-possession game throughout the game, and I do think it could go either way, but since the Hokies are at home, I go Virginia Tech 24, Duke 20. 
pretty close to what I was thinking about. I was thinking Tech probably 21, Duke 17. But there's a part of me that wants to say maybe Tech 28, Duke 24. So I'll probably stick with the 28-24. Yeah, well, either way, it's going to be a close game. So, All right. Well, folks, that's uh, our kind of abbreviated podcast schedule for this week because of the bye and a few other things going on. We will be back after the game. It's going to be like midnight by the time we get out of the stadium and walk all the way out to get to the cars. It's it's going to be a very late night, and I don't think Brian's going to want to hang around the, the dining room to sit there and do a podcast at 1 o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really not into it either. So if everybody out there in Hokie Nation will just be patient, I think things are going to get better. I really do. We are at the bottom of this bumping along as this team learns to win. And it's just going to take a little time and some experience. And that little time might be this season. And suddenly next year, we are juniors and sophomores instead of freshmen and sophomores. And that's going to start making a big difference in who we're facing. So, Brian? All right, John. Well, that's it for this one. And we both picked the Hokies. You guys chime in on the comments on Facebook, on our articles. Chime in what you guys think on all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook. Let us know what you think of the game. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And uh, as always, go Hokies.